and shout. We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Tight trips left. Option look. Keeper Jaron. 10, 5, touchdown Cougars! Jaron Hall scores! This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. To get you ready for BYU football, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Ben Bagley. Good afternoon or good morning, wherever you are, Cougar fans. Good day as we are going bowling today and welcome into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Today, the BYU Cougars face the University of Alabama, Birmingham, the Blazers in the Independence Bowl. My name is Ben Bagley. Thank you for joining us for BYU football on the final game day of the 2021 season. Joining me now from Shreveport, Louisiana, is former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson. Riley, I'm hoping you're in the press box. You're dry. And as they say in Fast and Furious, let's go. One last ride. Yeah, I am dry. Thank you so much for your concern. I, I'm here looking at Mitchell Jurgen's shoes, though, and he's got some – I mean, they're, they're comfortable and they're BYU issue, but they're that nice, breathable fabric that you love when it's nice out there. I don't know how well he's going to do today. I'm going to find some garbage bags for him, maybe wrap his feet up so that he doesn't lose a toe. But, uh, yeah, it's – um, it's the temperature's actually dropping from this morning, but and we've had consistent rain uh, over the last uh, hour or so. But the National Weather Service here in the booth is they're they're right next to us. Obviously, they have to be at the game to monitor for lightning, and they're saying that uh, it, it should dry up, you know, sometime around the end of the first quarter. So we'll see what role that plays today. But great to be here in Shreveport, Louisiana, for the Independence Bowl, and like you said, watch the Cougars play one last time here in 2021. You mentioned today BYU Cougars are bowling for the 16th time in the last 17 years. That's an impressive number in itself. And after the past eight days that have included a contract extension for Kalani Satake uh, and BYU signing 19 players on Wednesday's early signing day, it's finally game day. It kind of snuck up on us with everything else going on. So let's get down to it and focus in on game headlines as BYU prepares to face UAB. And on headline one, not necessarily about uh, ga the game, but it kind of does. Eight days ago to, from today, Kalani Sataki gets his contract extension through 2027. The assistance deals of part of that will will get uh, their deals finalized, a new deal finalized for the assistance as well uh, by January 1st, according to Tom Homo. Riley, that news, I I interesting enough, it seems to have been when that news dropped, kind of a weight lifted off of everybody's shoulders and then they could start preparing for the game. What's your thoughts on the extension? Hey, Coach Sitake is uh, obviously he's in high demand. Uh, you know, you never know when the when uh, the uh, coaching carousel starts happening and all the music starts playing, what's media driven, what's, you know, actually based on factual who's meeting with who and when and how serious are these meetings and all those things. But, but bottom line is the performance for from Coach Sitake as a coach and, and his coaching staff has been second to none over the last couple uh, in 2020 and 2021. And then not only that, you look all the way back to when he was hired at BYU from where the program was to where he's built it now from a standpoint of, you know, t recruiting and talent base and putting guys in the NFL and that. And it's not just that. It's led to production on the field. So he's banging on all cylinders. He's a, he's a high coach, uh, a coach in high demand. 
across the entire college football landscape, and so uh, and he happens to be obviously a, a fit for BYU, being that he's a member of the church and and all those things. So he's the exact right man for the job. And with all those others coming calling, it, it kind of made everybody nervous. So great job uh, by the university and and the athletic department and, and uh, Kalani coming to the table and getting a deal done to calm some of our fears there. It was interesting. We had him on BYU Sports Nation yesterday on BYU TV. And, and Kalani, when we were talking to him about that, he actually apologized uh, to the fan base and to the team and everybody else of the distraction there was. It was kind of interesting to hear how much it weighed on him and how it was strung out from, from what he said. It says, it says it was kind of a distraction. He apologized to everybody that he was a, he was a part of that distraction. Sorry, Ben, I had a little bit of a issue here. Can you repeat that question? No, I was just saying Kalani yesterday was uh, apologizing about the distraction that that caused and how, how he's glad to kind of get that in the, in the back pocket so they could focus on the game today. Yeah, no, I mean, BYU fans are savvy enough to understand how this works, and college football is, is a business. And uh, he's funny. You know, he apologized for that. He apologized that one time he caught the ball on the sideline and did the stiff arm. He's apologized for dancing. There's so many things about Kalani that he apologizes for unnecessarily, and I think this is one of the ones – uh, that uh, this that was an unnecessary apology, but that that's why we love him so much. Is he is so cognizant about because he himself is a BYU fan, like, like he's the head and leader of the program, but he also played and he's been a fan, so he understands what we go through and he understands you know the kind of uh, indigestion that might cause a, a BYU fan thinking that the coach that they love and admire so much might be headed somewhere else. So he did that that apology wasn't needed, but it was a nice acknowledgement of uh, of how invested the BYU. BYU Nation is out there, and uh, it, look, like like you already said, it's just great to have this all all behind us, and now we can focus on the play on the field. Let's do it. Let's focus on the play on the field. BYU players, coaches, fans, they were holding out hope of a possible New Year's Six bowl game today, uh, or when bowl announcements were made. It didn't happen, and they're in the Independence Bowl. And while bowling is bowling, and you get a chance to go have one more game, have the extra practices, get the swag, have the parties, all the good stuff that comes with the bowl, there is some concern out there that, that is this team that's going to show up on the field today disappointed, or are they going to be determined to get this 11th win? Yeah, later in uh, in the segment that we do together, you know, QB Reed, I, I talk about, uh, well, I, I'll, I'll just tease it a little bit, but you uh this is a little bit of a trap game because yeah um it's a there there is that underlying disappointment there is weather and uh there's some unique things that uab does um uh, from a scheme standpoint that uh could catch you off guard if you're not ready but this team has leadership they have maturity um they've they've kind of been through the fire of of you know getting down playing down to the level of an opponent or or um, losing games that they shouldn't have lost and uh, I, I don't know I from the coaching staff to the players er, to the captains to uh, you know the player the roster top to bottom I, I'm not too worried about them being discouraged or feeling sorry for themselves I think they're going to come out ready to play today and put on a show uh, as we've already said one last time for this 2021 season one guy who could put on a heck of a show today if he does it is Tyler Algier. He needs 174 yards to break this BYU single-season rushing record. Uh, and, and while 174 yards seems like a, a, a big hill to climb, it's not something that's out of the question of, from Tyler Algier. Now, two-part question here for you, Riley, as we look at this headline is, 
going into this game as it is a bowl game and it, it is just a little bit different it would there be a focus in the locker room to get make an effort to get tyler that record and how big of a distraction or how big of a storyline is this that he could break the season single season rushing record I don't think it's a distraction. It's a positive thing. I mean, I don't know. Uh, maybe I can get Ralph on this and we can talk it later in the broadcast. But I got to imagine if BYU has a back that rushes for 174 plus yards, they're probably winning. Their winning percentage uh, historically in those games is probably very high. So I don't think it's a distraction that's going to uh, decrease their chances of winning the game. And I think this team has shown time and time again that they don't necessarily care how they get it done. All they care about is is getting it done in terms of generating a win. So, I mean, you, I hope. Here's what I hope. I hope he breaks a couple. You know, maybe he can break a couple long ones. The one thing you don't want to do is, like, if he's got to get there, like I think he needs a couple. You know, maybe a run or two. Uh, definitely over 30 yards. Maybe you know, throw a, a longer one in there, like a 50 plus yarder. That's gonna that's gonna be the key for him getting the thing because. You know, if he's ripping off his normal six and a half, seven yards of carry, but he doesn't have any of those extra long runs in there to kind of supplement it, I don't know that you want to give him the ball 35 times just to give him the record. But if he can rip off a couple of long runs, especially in the first half, which gives him confidence, you know, if he's got if he's got 100 yards at halftime, then I think you I, then I think you definitely go through it. But if he's sitting, you know, kind of a, more of a normal game where he's sitting around 60. You know, 60 to 70-ish yards around halftime on a normal amount of carries. I don't think you. I don't think you push and stretch. If it happens, it happens. It doesn't. But if he can have a good first half and he can break off a big run, then uh, I, I would hope that uh, you know Roderick and the rest of the offensive staff and Kalani would sign off on on trying to let that guy get the single season record because of how special he's been to the program these last couple of years. Last headline we got to get to here, Riley, is the fact that it's nice when you have a bowl game and you got about three weeks to prepare, but not just prepare, getting guys healthy. At least on the offensive side of the ball, we know through uh, Aaron Roderick that Harris Lachance, Campbell Barrington, and Gunnar Romney are all available to play for the offense today. What does it mean to get those three guys and whoever else, defensive side and otherwise, that are going to be healthy for this game? Oh, it means a ton, Ben. I, I've been talking to a lot of BYU fans. You mentioned at the outset of this segment that, uh, you know, there's some disappointment that they're not playing in, in perhaps a New Year's Six Bowl or something like that. And I said, look, this team is so banged up uh, that I don't know. <laughs> you know, playing in a New Year's Six, be careful what you wish for because it's not with the full complement. I mean, if it's a team that won, you know, the five straight P5 games or earlier in the season, if it's that team. But the team that played against USC was, not, you know, was maybe half – the, the guys that were on the field for, you know, that, that meat of the season and those, you know, when they were ranked in the top ten and all those things, they're just missing so many guys. Um, so it's great that they get some of them back. They still don't have all of them back. Obviously, Rex is out, Neil's out uh, on, the, on the defense side of the ball, you know, the, the season enders. But it is good to have those guys back. They can play one last time, build some momentum into having, you know, sat out a lot of games uh, in this season, play one last time, build some momentum heading into the winter and stay healthy into spring to continue the player development um, and build the depth on this. It's not only good for those individual players to get a chance to play again, but it's also good for developing the, the depth and continuity of this entire roster top to bottom. There's your headlines. We'll get more into the game coming up. And coming up next, we talk to UAB play-by-play voice David Crane. He joins us in, in booth with Riley there in Shreveport as we get you ready to get to know this Blazer team. This is for pregame live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. 
This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, and it's now time to get to know the foe. We're joined by UAB play-by-play voice David Crane. David, thank you for joining us. Hey, Ben, good morning. Or, oh, it's actually afternoon. Sorry. (laughs) It's such a beautiful day here. It's hard to tell what time it is. (laughs) Well, the nice thing about this is we are broadcasting nationwide. So it's morning for people in different time zones. So it's good morning, good afternoon. Exactly. Somewhere it is morning. And bottom line, it's game day. So that's all we need to know. Let's talk a little bit about this uh, UAB team. What is the first thing the BYU fans should know about this UAB team? They're a good defensive squad, uh, and that's sort of been the calling card for Bill Clark since he came to UAB back in 2014. Uh, They have been top 10 nationally total defense the last three years. They're a little off of that pace this year, somewhere around, I think, 15th in total defense. But um, that's what UAB has really lived and died with uh, the last several years. They've been awfully consistent on the defensive side. Um, Offensively, um, it's kind of old school. I, I feel like these two teams mirror one another just a little bit. I, I think both these head coaches love to play defense. They love to run the ball, um, take some shots in the passing game when you can. But but these, at least on UAB side of things, it's not necessarily an up-tempo, throw it 55 times type of offense. Uh, Dwayne McBride has been really, really good uh, in his first couple of seasons for UAB. He's been fighting some injuries, uh, like everybody seems to be at this point in the season. But it's defense and the running game. So uh, I think a similar script to, to what you all are familiar with. Uh, we'll talk about the defense in just a second because the, there is some spectacular stuff about the defense I want to talk about. But you brought up Dwayne McBride. Uh, you mentioned his injuries. There was some question whether or not he was going to play, be able to uh, be available in the game today. There was a report earlier this week that said it looked like he was going to be available. What is his status today? As far as I know, he's going to play. Uh, it was a it was a scary sight the late in the first half of the UTEP game. I guess, what, three weeks or so ago now, uh, he went down, got tackled from behind, kind of went down and then stayed down. They brought the cart out to take him off, and we all thought that was probably the last we were going to see of him. But it turned out it was not as bad. I think more of a a high ankle sprain, which is is not good, but uh, nothing broken. So he's been able to practice this week, and, and I do expect to see him go here this afternoon. And BYU fans, if you're wondering what Dwayne McBride looks like uh, as far as his running style, him and Tyler Algier, very, very uh, almost mirror images where they're they're big and they brought the power, but they can also in the open field run away from guys. Really can. And, and he he he's one. And I said this maybe to, to somebody else uh, out, out west earlier this week. He'll take a handoff, they'll tackle him, and you think, well, that wasn't much. And you look up, and it's second and five. It was a five-yard pickup that, that was effortless. And he can do that, and then he can run through tackles, he can run over people, and then he can kind of surprise you and outrun people. So, yeah, he, he, can, he can do it all. He is a, a talented, talented young man. It's, 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 a, it's just a comfort blanket for a head football coach to have a running back who – regardless of where contact is made he always falls forward yeah he they had a stat i guess last year after COVID, everything sort of runs together but um he had a ridiculous number of carries uh consecutively and and then just for the season as a whole without a loss on the play his his negative yardage plays last year 
were a ridiculously no, low amount. There have been a few more of those this season. Um, the offensive line may not have been quite as dominant as it was in the last couple of seasons, but he, he is still you, – you are still surprised when you see him tackled at or behind the line of scrimmage. Let's talk about the UAB defense, some solid defense from UAB over the whole season. But the second half of the season's been a little bit more than that. It's been almost phenomenal, averaging only giving up only 291 yards per game in those last six games. What's been the key in that second half or, or overall for the success of this defense? You know, I'm not really sure. They have been healthier at times. Uh, the injury bug is, has really bitten UAB hard, more so on that side of the ball, and especially in the secondary. Um, but it seems like they've had enough guys step up at the right time when they needed them to. Um, it's, it starts up front. Uh, Tyree Turner, Justin Thomas, Antonio Moultrie have been really, really good up front. Alex Wright and Kelly Sanders, kind of a defensive end, outside linebacker jack position. Um, when they have played well, they have been very disruptive in both the running game and, and the passing game. And, and UAB's been very solid in the secondary. They haven't given up a ton of big plays. They're a pretty good tackling team. So it's, it's been just a little bit of everything. I'm not sure that there's one area that they've just been dominant in on that side of the ball, but, but everything has, has worked together well as of late. Let's talk about head coach uh... – uh, Bill Clark and what he means for this team. This is a guy who's been at UAB since 2014, and that includes the hiatus of UAB mm -hmm. football. He stuck around and helped bring this program back. What does he mean to this university and this fan base? Boy, it, it's really hard to, to put it into words, put a value on it. Um, he showed up in 2014, took over a team that was 2-10 and 10 and probably worse than that record indicated, and went 6-6. Six and six and got UAB bowl eligible in his first season. And three days after winning that sixth game, it was the final game of the regular season. They were 5-6, and six, went to Southern Miss, won it to get to 6-6. Six and six. They killed the program. And everybody was in shock. Everybody was upset. And there was a, a group that said, look, we're going to try to bring this thing back. And Coach Clark said, if you can somehow pull that off, I will stay. I will stick around, and, and I will be the head coach. And sure enough, six months later, after a lot of incredibly hard work uh, by folks, by businesses opening up their checkbooks to support the program like they never had, they reversed course, reinstated football. They took two years off to rebuild the program, rebuild the roster, and Coach Clark stayed true to his word. He's, he's still here, and he's done an amazing job. The fans absolutely adore him. Uh, UAB football has never been in better shape, and he deserves a tremendous amount of credit for all of that. It's amazing what, what one singular individual and BYU fans, uh, just from the angst over the past week and a, or, or two weeks ago with Kalani Stake situation, <laughs> what a singular head coach can mean to a program and how fans and a fan base can rally around them. It really is. And, and there have been a couple of times over the years where there were some jobs that opened up that I think UAB fans clinched a little bit, worried that it, it might be attractive <laughs> enough for Bill Clark to, to, to take a jump. Um, and one of the things, and I've said this a lot about Coach Clark, you know, he's very comfortable in his skin. I, I think he knows what he's got going at UAB. He loves Birmingham. He feels like it's home. And he's not one that's, you know, if somebody throws a, a big paycheck at him, he's just going to grab it and run because I think he appreciates 
you got to be a right fit. Not every coach is a perfect fit in every situation, and I think he is incredibly wise in that regard that he's not get, just going to jump and, and take any old job because they're offering him a ton of money. Um, he's a wonderful fit at UAB, and, and I would I would imagine the same can be said for Kalani Sitake at, at, at BYU. And, and that, that that can't be underestimated when you when you look at coaching changes and coaching failures. Um, and a lot of it is simply just was not a good fit. The Jacksonville Jaguars spring to mind <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely not a good fit. <laughs> Hey, 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 David, thank you so much for your time. Looking forward to a fantastic end of the uh, 2021 football season for both teams and have a great call and hopefully we'll have a great game today. Appreciate it and looking forward to it as well. Coming up next, it's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar pregame live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU athletics, and it's time for Cougar Cuts. Kalani Sataki was asked earlier this week what he thought about BYU being left out of a bigger bowl. We talked about this in headlines because he thought, well, the team thought and fans thought that with college football playoff rankings they deserve the better bowl here's Kalani's reaction all I care about is who we're playing that's a I didn't even watch the show it's it, there we had some alumni playing in NFL games that, that I wanted to watch that I don't normally get to see and so between that and church I didn't have a lot of time to see it I just once I got the the, the green light on who we're playing that the focus became on prepping for them so I, I'm not into the the narrative outside of what I can control which is get the team ready to play. We're looking forward to playing another game. We knew that we earned the right to play another game. Uh, where that game was going to be and who the opponent was is all that I cared about. And now we know, and the work goes on. So that, that's, that's the focus. Riley, that kind of echoes something that Aaron Roderick told us earlier this week about controlling the controllable, or Fessy Sataki told us this, controlling the controllables. BYU can't control where they're playing, but they can control what they do on the field. And that seems like what Kalani's been preaching to his team and his staff. Yeah, and I believe it. There's, they've given us no reason to to uh, to not believe them. The one thing I'll I'll just add, for from the players' perspective, is is these coaches have been doing this a long time, right? It's their careers. These guys are grown men. They have families. Um, it, it's a lot easier. They they've been through it a lot longer. They have a lot more experience, and the, and they're just you know they're more mature human beings to be able to compartmentalize that way. Uh, all I'll say is while and they've had plenty of time. They've had weeks to be able to prepare uh, and get their team in the right mental state of mind. But as a as a kid as a player, right, who's in eighteen to twenty three, you know, twenty four. Actually, with COVID, eighteen to thirty probably because we got some dudes that have been around forever. But no, but but as but as a player, it's not as easy it's not as easy for you to just to just do that right you still feel the disappointment you still think about all the what ifs and and you're doing it but that's why the bowl season is great is because you get back out you get practicing you get watching the film you get preparing for an opponent and it uh, becomes like like any other game but uh, those emotions that maybe Kalani didn't feel and, and I, I think his description is 100% right and I think Roderick and Fessy and Tuiaki and all the all the rest of the guys I think those coaches feel that way that they're able to just kind of on to the next thing but I do think there was a small adjustment play, uh, period for the players but I think they're over it now they've been through their full bowl, bowl prep and I expect a good performance here today. 
the actual game, that's just one part of why going to a bowl is so important. Kalani talked about the other advantages of what he wants to get out of this experience. One is to develop young guys, because I have to develop these young men into going into spring ball. So we have to utilize the practices and the mindset of, okay, some of these young men probably won't play in this game, but they need to take advantage of all these practices. And then there's other guys that have, are seasoned, that have played most of the season and most of the year, and, and we've got to find a way to keep them fresh, but also make sure that our timing is right with all of them in all three phases. And they can improve too. There's some guys on this team that, that still need to improve. Uh, all of them do, but at a different rate than some of the young guys that we don't anticipate playing. And so if we can um, accomplish all those guys and, and to, to progress and get better and develop, that's part of our team development is that we need to take advantage of all these practices. And the game is just an added bonus. You get to practice and then you get to play a game at the end. It's like spring ball, but you get, you actually have a, a game against the opponent and you're kind of spoiled a little bit. You know, the, the, the bowl game takes care of you. So to me, the extra practices are vital to, to keeping the program strong. Riley, anytime you talk about co uh, coaches getting ready for bowl games, that's the first thing they talk about is the extra practices and developing the young guys and the guys are going to be back next year. You've been a few of these, part of these uh, bowl prep weeks and weeks leading up to a bowl. How much of it is development? How much of it is getting ready for an opponent? A lot of that depends on who is healthy and who's not. Well, I'll say this. Regardless, and, and I played in a couple bowl games. I played some that were between Christmas and New Year's and some that were like this Independence Bowl that was, you know, literally one of the first bowls uh, being played. And um, uh, in both those scenarios, at least a week was dedicated to getting those guys who had been servicing your starters, right, your scout team players, getting them back into the offense, getting them back at least, a, so, you know, probably – three full practices, three full padded practices, and then more of a scrimmage competition type practice. And keep in mind, I didn't play for Coach Sitake. I played for Mendenhall, so each coach might do it a little bit differently. But it was at least three full practices and then a competition practice. Uh, and that that's pretty good work. It's, it's actually just enough, as he said, for those players to get some of the timing back and to get comfortable right before we go, they go back into game prep and they go back to running UAB stuff and doing all those things. But it's, it's not insignificant, and, uh, and it, it, it's, a, it's a breath of fresh air. It gets guys excited again. It's, it's not just the end of the season, but it gets guys excited, excited again for probably the least exciting aspect of the college football player's calendar, <laughs> and that's winter conditioning where it's all weights and running and – you know, trying not to not to puke, <laughs> and while while you're doing all that stuff, and you don't get to touch a football, right? So, anyway, it, it's vitally important, and it means a lot to the players for sure. If they take advantage of it the right way, I was part of you know five different teams over the course of my career, and, and each one, you know, took advantage of it to to a varying degree. That's that's on the individual players to collectively come out, and and I'm talking the younger players, the scouting guys, to collectively come out and and make of it what they will. But the coaches definitely want to give that opportunity to to help build the roster, build the depth, and, and build the skill. Kalani talked about facing UAB and how he learned a lot about them before he even knew BYU would be facing them. Bill Clark's an amazing coach. He's one of the best in the business. And I like the way he runs his program, watching film. It's, it's interesting because we were able to watch with last year's schedule. We had a lot of crossover games, and so we saw a lot of film on UAB. When we were looking up film and saw the, their brand of football, and then even looked up some years before because we were trying to play against uh, teams in the Conference USA, and so um, noticed their, their team, the athleticism, the speed, and, and the way they, they're physical at the line of scrimmage. So it's a, it's a great matchup for us and looking forward to this game. But uh, 
uh, tons of respect for what they've done. And you know, last year watching their film, uh, it was is no wonder that they, they end up winning the the uh, conference championship. They've won a lot of games in the last uh, in the years of that uh, Coach Clark's been there. So um, we, we see on film how they have some great athletes uh, and, and good-looking bodies. They, they have a outside backer, Deanna, that looks – he's, he's one of the best guys you'll see in college football. And so I know I'm just mentioning one guy, but there's tons of speed and athleticism. You look at this UAB team, and if, if people are just like, oh, UAB, uh, maybe I don't know a lot about this team. Don't be fooled. This team is a team that can come out and give BYU a game, and if BYU's not ready, beat them. And respect all, fear no one, right? And especially bowl team. Look, this isn't – I know the for the fans out there, the November schedule may have lulled some people into a false sense of security. Like, this isn't Georgia State. UAB is a different caliber of a school than a Georgia State or an Idaho State. You know, these guys, they're conference champions. They're they're 8-4. and four. It's hard to win games 8-4. and four. I mean – Heck, my we were eight and four finishing the regular season my senior year, and we were a dang good football team, you know, playing in the playing in the poinsettia ball just in four games. The ball hadn't bounced our way a couple of times, right? But we had a ton of good players. We had NFL talent, and uh, and, and we could play, you know, we could compete with anybody on any given day. That I think UAB's in that exact same scenario. So even though BYU comes in here ranked and they come in, and they're clearly the better team, and they it is it's fully justifiable that they should be expected to win. They have to come out and take care of business because for all the reasons that Coach Sitake just alluded to, the coaching staff, the talent that they have, and then the season that these guys, the success that these guys have proven uh, over the, the last couple seasons, uh, bottom line is BYU has to come ready to play, and I expect them to do so. Well, Shep Talk's coming up next, but before we go to break, let's take 10 seconds and pause for station identification along the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Up next in Shep Talk, Keanu Hill talks Texas high school football and BYU providing the proving the doubters wrong. More Cougar pregame live. After this, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Keanu Hill has seen playing time in all of BYU games this season, but has really come on strong towards the end of the year. Keanu is a subject of our final Shep talk of the season, and he talked with Jason Shepard earlier this week. All right, Keanu, it's been a couple weeks since the USC game. What have you been up to since the season ended? Nothing really, just trying to get our bodies back right, just trying to get better, get ready for this bowl game, even though we got UAB. You know, just still blessed to be there and stuff like that. So just trying to get our bodies right and just trying to get ready for UAB. Coaches always talk about the the other benefit besides playing the bowl game is that you get the 15 extra practices or whatever the number is. And I know the coaches look at it as a good thing. Do you guys really want 15 more practices when you've gone through a season like that? Oh, yeah. We, you know, we always, we always just try to stay positive and stay blessed about our opportunities that we get out here. You know, coach always tells us just to be positive and, you know, you never, you, people like, 
people sometimes don't get the chance to get those extra 15 practices. So, you know, we're just blessed to be out here still practicing and still playing. Well, and you guys had a really late bye week anyway. You guys had to deal with injuries throughout the season. You get the late bye week. You had mentioned just trying to get healthy and, and get ready for the bowl game. I would imagine the healthy part is probably pretty important after the season you guys just played. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, had a couple guys banged up, you know, getting around to the end. So just trying to make sure everybody's healthy. You have everybody back and stuff. So and everybody's everybody's been coming back this week. So it's, it's really good to see everybody back out there and, you know, grinding. So you've played in all 12 games this season, but your numbers have taken a big leap over the final month of the regular season. What, what do you attribute your increased production to? Just staying ready. You know, coach always tells me just to keep my head up, stay positive, and just to be ready when my name's called. You know, we, we had some studs come in, Puka and, uh, Puka and Samson, but, you know, I just try to stay ready, keep my head down, and keep grinding, you know? And when my name's called, just make the best of my opportunities. How much fun has it been, though, to be such an important part of the offense down the stretch? Because, I mean, you've been crucial to these victories. Yes, yeah, so, you know, just trying to, just like I said earlier, just trying to make the best of all the opportunities I get out here and just trying to make the do better for our team, just to trying to get our team better. So any way I could lead lead our team, any way I could do better for our team, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it done. So just trying to make the most of my opportunities. Talking with BYU wide receiver Keanu Hill, your background in football is certainly uh, it's all defined by the state of Texas. Your family pedigree is obviously impressive with your dad in the Texas High School Hall of Fame, played at Texas Tech, your uncle playing for the Cowboys. How has Texas football shaped you and your game? Just, you know, just always a state, just the, just the always toughness. I, where I come from, like where I come from, it's just like a big background of this state, just being tough. And always being there and always being like a big leader and a big vocal leader, too. But like I'll say the main part is just that being tough because out there in Texas, you know, a lot of competition, you know, big, big area and stuff like that. So just I say just being tough and just trying to be the best I can be. Look, because of your background, how excited are you that the program's going to the Big 12 in another year and playing all those games in Texas? Oh, it's going to be great, man. It's going to be fun. You know, I have a lot of family out there in Texas, so... You know, they they can come out because some of the games they couldn't really make this year or last year. So, I mean, it's going to be fun just going against those those teams that my dad played with and my uncle, so he, so he played for Texas. So, it's going to be really fun. So You mentioned the bowl game and facing UAB. Besides winning the game, which we obviously know you guys want to do, what else do you guys want to accomplish in this last game of this season? Just people to stop doubting us, you know, because last year everyone was talking about our schedule, our schedule, this, schedule, that. And this year we had an even way tougher schedule and we still proved everybody wrong. So just trying to just quit, like all the doubters, just get off our backs and stuff like that. Because BYU is something special. We got some special building over here. So just trying to get everybody to see that. But because everybody here believes that we are a special team, but apparently anyone outside of uh, BYU doesn't see that. So just trying to prove everybody wrong, just tell them that we are a special team. What are your thoughts on the UAB team? Uh, we know defensively, one of the things they're very good at is is slowing the opposition's run game down. But when you look at their defense, what what stands out to you guys? Uh, just that they they can they can bring a like a lot of pressures and stuff, and they're very disciplined and they're they're very bend don't break type of defense. But we're not going to take anything for granted. We're going to teach them like we're going to we're going to uh, go in like, as a usual game, prep like we always do, and just focus on us. So I know Shreveport's pretty close to Texas. Have you ever been to Shreveport before, or will this be your first time? Uh, this will be my first time, but it's been my, I've been mo I've been uh, to Louisiana multiple times though. So I'm assuming we hear Kalani talk about how excited he is for the food. You you excited for the uh, maybe the Cajun uh, oh, food uh, that's in Louisiana? 
a hundred percent. I know because I'm down from the south, and south for me, food from the south is always great. I, I love it. I love it. I'll take that over anything, to be honest. Speaking of Kalani, obviously it was announced uh, just a couple of days ago that he's uh, signed his extension. He's going to be here through 2027. W what does that mean to you as a player that that your coach uh, is making the commitment, not just to the program, but to you guys as players as well? It means a lot. It really shows his loyalty here to us, the team, and the, and the school, really. Just seeing that he's going to stay here for until uh, 2027, man, just a, it means a lot to us. It's a really, he's a really special guy. We love him as a coach. He's probably one of the best coaches I've ever ever got coached by so but we we love Kalani we always will he's gonna do anything in his power to get us better all right Keanu let's wrap things up with the final four questions these are your personality questions these are the same questions I've asked all your teammates all year long so here they are number one what is your favorite BYU uniform combination all navy by far all navy all very navy. nice yeah. yes sir okay the song group or artist that you're embarrassed to admit that you like I don't really, I'm not really embarrassed about anything I like, to be honest with you. So I don't, I don't really know how to answer that question. I love everything I, I do or I listen to. So what's the go-to right now? If you're, if you're putting something on, what's, what is it right now? Right now I'm putting on NBA young boy. Okay. All right. Who is your favorite athlete past or present? Uh, oh, past, uh, Jerry Rice for sure. Just, I even though I didn't grow up watching Jerry Rice, just watching some of his highlights and the stuff. My dad and uncle would always tell me about him, so I, I would say him for sure. Parents, D-Hop. I feel like people don't really like D-Hop like that, but I love D-Hop because I, I, I kind of base my skill level around his. So. so now, are you sure, though, that your uncle would be okay, even though he was telling you about Jerry Rice? I mean, that's a 49er cowboy thing. Are you sure he'd be okay with oh, he'll be, giving he'll props be. to the 49ers? Man, he'll be, he'll be fine with that. He doesn't really care too much about, like, any of that, so. Okay. <laughs> all right last thing the best thing about being a part of BYU football is what just being a part of this culture this love and learning culture man it really teaches it doesn't just teach us a lot on the football field but it teaches a lot about life and that's what Kalani coach Kalani be preaching about every time we get in team meetings he always talks about life stuff and uh, stuff like outside of football so I'll say that for sure just because it's helping us to grow on the field and off the field to be better man Keanu, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate it. Uh, good luck against UAB, and uh, let's end this thing with 11 wins this season. How about that? Yeah, yeah sir, we're going to go get that 11 win, too. Keanu, thank you. Appreciate it. Yes, yeah, sir. Thank you. There you go. That was Jason Shepard with Shep Talk with Keanu Hill. Coming up next, it's the QB Read segment with Riley. Riley's going to be talking a little bit about a bowl game mentality. You're tuned in to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. <laughs> This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Ben Bagley. And welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. And it's now time for our QB read with Riley. Riley, we've talked about it a couple of times in this, in up to this point in the pregame, but why don't you break it down as far as... Well, is, is it is the, the mindset of a team coming into a bowl game? Yeah, it's the mindset of a team coming into the bowl game and also the dynamic of uh, a, an opponent uh, that by all fans, pundits, media, you know, you, you should beat, right? And as I was coming up with this segment, uh, or sorry, or earlier today as I was uh, getting ready for the game and thinking about what we wanted to do for this segment, uh, Appalachian State was playing Western Kentucky. And App State is probably most famous for what, Ben? 
Beating Michigan. Yeah, they beat top five Michigan as a one double A. They're 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 Division One now. Well, this was so long ago. It was the before the FBS FCS thing, but as a one double A, they beat a top five D one uh, opponent. Beat Michigan in the Big House, and so I got thinking like, you know, how why do some teams play down to their opponent and even even get in the way and and uh, just a, a few things that. Uh, kind of form part of the formula of, of how that happens, how, like how an App State can go into Ann Arbor and beat Michigan. Now, they didn't finish the season ranked top five. That was an early game. So, uh, you know, they weren't a true top five team, but still. Uh, first of all, is you just kind of have a general lack of maturity and lack of leadership among the players. Uh, they There's probably some lackadaisicalness in, in the preparation and uh, and the overall mindset leading up to you know the night before the day of the game and and probably they're go and just practice probably going through the motions coaches often try and prevent from that but it really needs to generate from the players the other way that this can happen is like hey they've they've never been snake bit before right they've never lost to a team that they shouldn't have lost to or never lost in in, in kind of an embarrassing fashion the other way that that happens is essentially it's too long to respond they're like ah you know a first half didn't go our way well uh, let's get into halftime and then they get into halftime the start of the fourth third quarter and then they find themselves in a dogfight in the fourth quarter and uh and they just run out of time uh, and then last thing is like maybe the ball just doesn't bounce your way you know you maybe you get some you have some fluke turnovers or like today you have weather so to me, those are probably the main contributors to, to where you have unlikely upsets. And so my thought was, well, how susceptible is BYU to these things? So going back through, lack of maturity and leadership, I don't think that's an issue for BYU. They've shown time and time again they're resilient. You know, they've got household names out there who've been contributors in this program for a long time. Never been snake bit before. Uh, all you got to think back to is the Aloha Bowl two years ago in Hawaii when, you know, they – they were playing Hawaii and they were up and uh, it was definitely a team that everyone felt that they should beat. Yet Hawaii has two drives late in the fourth quarter and, and kind of leaves this team not to mention that year, two years ago in 2019, they lost to uh, um, Toledo and South Florida, two teams that they should have never lost to. And that, and the vast majority of this, uh, of this roster were, were on those teams. So that's happened to them before too long to respond this team starts fast i mean i i believe of their 12 games so far they've scored on the first drive and i think nine of the 12 uh so this team doesn't uh they don't uh, they normally come out ready just chomping at the bit and, and sprinting out the gate and then lastly the ball doesn't bounce their way you look at the boise state game you know you had some unfortunate uncharacteristic uh, uncharacteristic fumbles i mentioned the weather today so the four elements you know there's maybe only one that affects byu today all that said they got to come out, take care of business, and uh, it should be a, a good game here today for the Cougs against a quality opponent in UAB. Well, and that's the thing, Riley. Is I, I know, I know this is a, co a conversation. I, I'm guilty. I brought it up in our headline segment. I just don't see, think this team is is of that mindset where they're going to overlook anybody. I, I, they've had their struggles coming down the stretch with teams that they should be beating by more. A lot of people would say. Um, they know who they are and they know what they need to do to win. So I'm not that worried about an overlooking of a UAB team. Yeah, I'm not, I, like I said, I'm not either. But uh, those things, you know, they, they need to be addressed. And I think they've been addressed. They need to be addressed. You need to be aware of them. Uh, but once, you're, once you've uh, reached the appropriate level of awareness and you've addressed them, you, you go forward and take care of business. One thing I'll talk about r really quick because uh, we've got another minute or so left in the segment, but just playing in the rain. So – 
Um, <laughs> you got quarterbacks out here like throwing two. Ha- it is coming down, and it has been raining for two hours straight. And uh, we got the. I, I mentioned this earlier. We got the National Weather Service uh, bias. We just had a lightning strike, which if the game were being played, they would they would uh, send the teams to the locker room. But because we're still in the pregame, it, it hasn't affected anything. But it is coming down. Playing in rain, wind is the worst by far. Rain is the second worst. And the main reason is the added weight. It's the weight to the football. It's the weight to your jersey. It bet- between pads, jersey, shoes, you can put on like your your average football player. It's like they're running around with a 20-pound weight vest. Now, everybody's doing that, so it kind of equalizes the playing field. But it kind of it, it can affect your reactions, affect your weight to it. And then the ball, everybody talks about the grip. Yeah, the, the grip is one thing, but the, the grip – you can kind of work the grip out, the quarter, the the uh, refs with the towels. But one thing you can't do is that leather actually absorbs a certain amount of water. So the, uh, your typical football weighs somewhere between you know a pound to a pound uh, to two ounces, so 16 to 18 ounces. When you get water, that it can kick up into the into the high 20. In other words, a football can absorb like eight to 10 ounces of water, which is an increase of of 50. 50 percent so that's one of the biggest things for the quarterback that means that when it's coming into the receiver's hands it's a heavier object to catch uh that means when you're carrying it right it it changes the whole force equals mass times acceleration when you're carrying it there's different ball security issues so uh it's supposed to let up around the first quarter but watch your warm-ups today Uh, all the players from the kickers to the receivers to the quarterbacks they're all struggling with the amount of rain coming down on us here well, the one thing, and you mentioned quarterbacks struggle with the ball. Um, now, I didn't play Division One football, but in high school I was a center for a while. And that center QB exchange becomes a little bit more difficult because just that little change of weight and kind of mass in a football affects the way the center snaps the ball and gets it to a QB as well. Right, and you, you can't rely on kind of the unconscious, just the natural tactile grip. Even if you're snap, even whether it's shotgun or even under center, even under center, you know, you, when, in dry normal conditions, you get in a rhythm with your center that you're kind of coming, you're kind of coming out from under center as he's snapping it, and kind of relying a lot on having that natural grip. When you don't have that grip, now you got to change that rhythm. You got to make sure you stay under the whole time. You make sure you've got a good grasp on the ball all before you pull away. That then changes the timing that you have with your running back, right, as he's running his track. It's uh, it's just an added layer of complexity, and we'll see how it plays out here today. I hope it's a non-factor, but I know it's going to be – it's definitely been a factor here in pregame, and, and the forecast is telling us it's, it's probably going to be a factor for the first quarter or so of the game. This just makes me worry about Mitchell on the sidelines. I'm just be honest with you. <laughs> we we've we found him a poncho, but what he's gonna do for his feet? I think he's just gonna have to walk around in soggy socks the whole day. But that's all right. He's played it. He's coming been worse. Next. He's he's from Houston. Uh, coming up next, we'll visit with the voice Greg Rubel. Cougar pregame live continues next on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Ben Bagley and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back. Cougar pregame live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. And joining us now is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebel, for our visit with The Voice. And Greg, we'll kick this segment off with a, a little bit of news right here is it looks like Baylor Romney looks like he's going to get the start in place of Jaron Hall. 
Yeah, Jaron Hall was injured during the USC game. We'll call it a lower body injury, NHL terms. Uh, we'll go lower body injury and uh, unavailable today to start. Now, could be available on an emergency basis, but that's also depending, Ben, on conditions. Uh, if it's a squirrely game, as it is right now weather-wise, it's unlikely that uh, Jaron Hall becomes the guy they go to if they had to go to a backup. Again, ideally, Baylor-Romney goes the whole way today, right? But if Baylor had to miss, if things were like this, you could see even go down to someone like Soljay um, if, if it's going to be a run-heavy game in the rain like this. So everyone's kind of in the mix right now, but Jaron only on an emergency basis, and only then, Ben, if conditions really improve from what they are right now. So Baylor-Romney is the guy who will get the start today. Uh, Baylor's brother, Gunner, gets the start today, and that's good news as he missed the USC game. So both Romneys in the mix to start today. Harris Lachance has been out for two-thirds of this season. Ben and listeners, and Harris Lachance does come back today and starts at right tackle. So Harris at right tackle, you will see uh, Campbell Barrington play, perhaps still play some snaps at right tackle, and Braden Keim, were he to get in, might see some, team, uh, some time at guard as well. So I think you're up to a top seven right now on the O-line. Going left to right, Freeland, Clark Barrington, Connor Pay, Joe Tukuwafu, Harris Lachance with Campbell Barrington and Braden Keim being available as uh, being available as a six and the seventh. Uh, of course, no Isaac Rex, right? So you're going to have Dallin Holker and Mason Wake as the top two. Lane Lunt becomes the third tight end, and you could see uh, in three tight end sets or heavy sets, Lane Lunt being a factor today, so look for that. Uh, defensively, uh, maybe the bigger news there is that uh, Jacob Robinson, who's done so well, especially as the season's gone along, uh, as a defensive back for BYU making a ton of plays, Jacob will not play today. He got hurt late in the USC game as he went low for a tackle. He's not available, so no Jacob Robinson. Uh, steady diet of Matthew Criddle, uh, Ammon Hanneman, George Udo back in the mix, Malik Moore, Hayden Livingston, uh, even a Javel Brown, Jacob Boren, Chaz Ayu, Kalani told me a little bit ago, Ben, likely not able to go. They've tried to work him into some practice, but not maybe all the way ready yet. So that's kind of the personnel situation for BYU. And then there's a flip side with uh, with UAB, the corollary at quarterback there, is they're not exactly in great shape with their starter. As Dylan Hopkins, as Riley told us, and you guys heard from David Crane, is dealing with the flu. So Dylan Hopkins isn't a definite out yet, but if he were not to go, they'd have to go to Bryson Lucero. And th the reason the quarterback situation is a big deal for UAB is the backup is in the transfer portal. So Tyler Johnston <laughs> the third has actually attempted 49 passes this year, has a couple of touchdowns, three picks, but he's the number two, and he's gone. In fact, the backup quarterback, the number three running back, who actually started the last game, and the number three wide receiver are all in the portal. And so the quarterback news becomes big as Hopkins is sick. Lucero's not even thrown a pass this year or had a carry. Like, Lucero's the number three and a distant number three. He might be the guy today if Hop Hopkins can't go. Then you're down to a number four QB. So between quarterback situations and the weather being what it is, who knows what we're going to get today here in Shreveport, Riley and Ben and listeners. It is a, it's, it's already intriguing before kickoff. There are casinos here in Shreveport, and so, yeah, w w let's stay with the theme and uh, – each of these teams might be forced to take a gamble on a player that uh, maybe not has much experience. Greg, it would have been mentioned if there were any issue, but BYU fans will remember that culminating drive that put away the USC game. Jackson McChesney actually was the one who had that, that capstone score. Uh, Tyler, to me, looked, I, I don't know if it was just general fatigue or if he had taken a couple big shots, but is uh, and with that record looming, 
any word on I mean, he's good to go, not banged up, bruised up. And pri Is he primed full go to go after that record possibly here yeah, today? He had uh, a solid week as the number one in bowl prep. So he definitely had some days off after USC. But if anyone was like, is he an opt-out guy or they, is he going to be good to go? Uh, definitely not opting out and definitely got first string reps in bowl prep. So Tyler Alger is as good to go as it gets. Kalani said without you know divulging game plan, I think it's fair to say that today is going to be ideally a run-heavy day. Now, so that says Tyler Algier gets fed the rock and quite a lot. And then the, the, the inverse to that is that UAB is one of the best rush defenses in all college football. They're a top-10 run defense. Uh, they're 11th in yards per game, but I like to go closer and look at yards per carry, and they're 8th nationally in yards per carry allowed. The most a running back has gotten against UAB this year, 82 yards. All right, the most any player's gotten is 140 and change, and that was a quarterback, a running quarterback, Malik Willis from Liberty. So big numbers are not gained against UAB. UAB has held their, uh, three of the last four opponents under 100 total rushing yards. So that is the strength of this team. So if Tyler Algier were to get close to uh, Luke Staley's record today, he'll truly have done something because these aren't numbers you normally get. Uh, the, the more manageable numbers would be uh, passing Lakehe Muli. Uh, for sixth place all time. He needs four yards for that. Okay, that's doable. Uh, he needs four carries to, to pass Ronnie Jenkins for first all time in single season carries. Well, that's cl clearly doable. Uh, Taysom Hill, 109 yards to pass for fifth place. So to go to top five after this season, he'd need, a, he'd need 100 yards today, 109 yards today to pass Taysom Hill for that. And that's, again, uh, relatively manageable. And there are some to uh, touchdown numbers in play as well. The one I really like, though, um, Ben, I know I'm running a little bit late with you here, so I'll wrap it up. But uh, he needs one touchdown, okay, a single touchdown rushing or receiving to become the first BYU football player ever to get into the end zone in 11 consecutive games. He didn't score against Utah. Okay, the win over Utah was the only game this year in which he didn't score a touchdown. He scored in 11 straight since that game. No one's – or in 10 straight since that game, no one's ever scored a touchdown in 11 games in a row. Tyler could be that guy today. He's had a phenomenal season and uh, love to see him cap it off with a great game today, Greg. Absolutely, Ben. That's a fun one to watch today. The record numbers uh, will be, you know, again, fun to track, but ideally it's about getting 11 wins and, and putting yourself really in the annals of really, uh, you know, some of the best two-game runs in B uh, two-season runs in BYU football history. That is that is correct. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. Look forward to hearing you and Riley on the call coming up in uh, about an hour from now. Up next, we'll be joined by silent reporter Mitchell Jurgens. Let's pause. Well, before we do that, let's just take a quick break here. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. BYU Athletics, the BYU Cougars are getting ready to face the University of Alabama Birmingham Blazers, UAB. I'm joined now by sideline reporter slash soon-to-be scuba diver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch, how's your rain gear situation? <laughs> Them. I've got uh, I've got some nice running kicks, but I, I won't be do. You don't bring running shoes to a swimming pool, so uh, I, I'm going to be in trouble. Let's just say that. You didn't bring your water socks or your uh, scuba <laughs> flippers. <laughs> I should I should have. I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm not much of a I guess a, a prepper. But in my defense, I I don't really have rain gear. So you know, I've I, I've talked with uh, Jake here. Um, you know. Uh, from BYU, he's going to get me on the um, on the storm gear, rain gear uh, list for next year. It's not going to help today, but hopefully <laughs> in the future we don't have this issue. 
the hindsight being 2020 it's funny i talked to uh we talked to david crane earlier in the broadcast i talked to him earlier this week a little bit about the game one of the last things he said to me says hey all i'm glad is i'm not a sideline reporter the first thought i had is like oh mitch i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah so someone was walking into the stadium today and they're like you know kind of asking what we're doing as we walked in as a radio crew and i was like i'm on the sideline like oh that's awesome like well, well today it's actually unfortunate that, uh, that i'm on the sideline so we'll, we'll see how it goes Let's talk about the game. The news coming out just a few minutes ago that uh, Baylor Romney is going to get the start in place of Jaron Hall, who's had who's had who has a lower body injury. Um, how does that change things for BYU, or does it? You know, uh, you know, with the conditions today, I, I don't think it's going to change much at all. Um, you know, we we've been fortunate enough to see um, you know Baylor shine in these moments, right? Anytime he makes a start, he's productive out there. It's this. This isn't like we're going to a quarterback who's making his first start, um, just doesn't have experience at the collegiate level. This is a guy that has proven to be a game changer for BYU, and so I don't think much is going to change. Fortunately, with the, the supporting cast around him, they're comfortable with Baylor in under center. Um, and, and so I don't think much is going to change. Um, I, w with the conditions, we've talked about it a, a lot on the air today. Um, but it, it's going to be most likely a run-heavy offense, and, and Baylor is a great facilitator um, of the offense, so I think he steps in and does a great job. Uh, but we'll see if, if there is going to be some wrinkles with Baylor in there and um, what Aaron Roderick decides to draw up with him in instead of Jaron. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Well, and I want to be clear on this because Greg said that, that the, it sounds like Kalani's looking at the game plan as pr probably run heavy with Tyler Algier. And I don't think that this is in, in any way a reflection on their faith in Baylor Romney. Because I think Baylor probably of all the QBs might be the purest passer of the group. It's just with conditions and the strength of Tyler Algier and having a healthy offensive line, a run heavy game plan probably is the smartest game plan to go with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you go back to a um, couple weeks ago, the NFL game with the Patriots and the I think it was the Bills and Mac Jones the entire game threw three passes, yeah. not because he's not capable of throwing the ball. It was just the conditions prevented them from doing that. And so, uh, I mean, this is going to be potentially a very similar game. I, I keep checking the weather forecast. Um, I, I, I will say it's for the players, but selfishly, it's probably for myself. Um, the, 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 the rain just keeps getting pushed and it's going to go longer. There was, there was thought that maybe it would stop as, as, uh, as kickoff begins, but it looks like it's going to come, you know, through potentially, you know, third, fourth quarter. And so it's going to be a big factor in this game. And, um, just because they're running the ball, yes, absolutely does not shed any lack of confidence in Baylor's ability to pass the ball. It's just, you know, what the conditions give. Speaking of that run-heavy offensive game plan, all eyes on Tyler Algier, the, the, the myriad of records Greg just kind of ran them down for us just a moment ago that he's got in his sight and could, could surpass this, this game. 174 being the big one, uh, that'd be uh, the single-season rushing record of BYU. How much focus should be or will be on Tyler Algier's pursuit of these records going into the game? Man, I, I would love the focus to be very high, because um, I mean, this is uh, this is a once. Uh, I mean, this doesn't come every season, right? And th this is this is one special season Tyler's had, and and I would love to see him as 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 
as with the coaches, as with the players. I mean, we're, we're not solo in thinking that. And so, you know, I think it should be a good focus. But, but obviously, you know, it, that is secondary to winning the football game. Um, that is number one. It will always be num the number one priority. Um, now, running the ball to control the line of scrimmage should be part of that game plan. And if the run game is working, then, you know, absolutely, this should be a huge focus to rack up Tyler's yards and, and potentially get him that record. Um, however, we heard that, I mean, UAB is fabulous at run stopping the run. Um, and so if they do do a good job stacking the box, stuffing the line of scrimmage, and preventing Tyler from going anywhere, they're going to have to adjust as an offense um, to move the ball down the field and, and get into the end zone. And so winning will take priority here. Um, and so whatever the team, whatever the offense needs to do to move the ball to win the game. However, if the run game is working, why not feed the rock to Tyler, get him you know, a shot at breaking the record, which would be huge for not just Tyler, not just his family, but for, for BYU in general to see um, in this Independence Bowl. It's interesting. In, in talking to people surrounding Tyler and talking to Tyler himself, Tyler's very interested in leaving a legacy at yeah. BYU. And whether that's the single season record or he's got a decision to make next week and in the, in the weeks to come, whether he comes back next year or goes to the NFL – he, is, he does want to make sure that he leaves a legacy at BYU. And it's nice to have a guy who, who like, like that legacy is not so much for himself. It's just kind of a BYU legacy and the importance of, of the university in his life. It's nice to hear stories like that. And it's nice to know that Tyler has that important, that, that, that uh, priority in leaving a legacy at BYU. Yeah, and honestly, whatever does or doesn't happen today, he's already done that, right? What Tyler has done these last two seasons has been remarkable. You know, coming from a guy who wasn't a running back, he was a linebacker, he was a walk-on. I mean, what, what he's doing um, for this program and for the, you know, stat books and the history of this program, it, it's it's already legendary status right he's 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 put his name up there for people to talk about for years and years to come and um so whatever happens today his name's there but you know it, it is fun to go out with a bang if this is his last game um in a byu cougar uniform um but yeah just just excited to get down on the field get soaked and watch some tyler algier <laughs> Hey, one last question for you, Mitch, and I'm going to go off script here a little bit with you. We talked yep. to Riley a little bit earlier about how uh, the wetness and the rain affects QBs. The ball is a little bit heavier. We talked a little about the center QB exchange. As a wide receiver, slippery conditions, well, how does it change the way you approach your routes and everything you do as a wide receiver as well? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it is. It, it definitely plays an impact. One of the benefits here, I will say, is – um, the the Independence Bowl it is it is turf. If it were grass, this would be a a whole different ball game, right? If you're running routes as a receiver on grass, you've got to have a really good center of gravity um, to to not slip, to stay on your feet. Um, the turf will naturally help that, but that that doesn't mean that it's unslippable, right? It's it, it's going to be wet. It's going to be you've got to have that that good center of gravity, stay under your feet, stay under your um, you know, chest over your toes when you're making breaks to be precise and crisp there. Um, as far as catching the ball, though, for me personally, right, the, you know, you look at the receiver gloves, what makes them magical is the stick, right? Well, it does the opposite effect in the rain. Uh, when those though, when those gloves get wet, it gets so, so much more slippery. Um, and you cannot, I mean, for me personally, I could not catch a ball, a wet ball with wet, you know, gloves it's not a good combo and so most likely we'll see um, we'll see players either gloveless or they'll switch to a leather glove not the stick glove 
um, to provide a little bit more traction and stick, but still it's not gonna, it's not an automatic cure that's gonna, um, you know, r resolve any potential drop passes, things like that. It is gonna be, th there's a lot more focus that needs to have um, from these wide receivers to, to see the ball into their chest. You may see some balls, you know, get to the chest rather than just catching it with their hands. Um, and so it is a little bit of a different mindset. Um, either way, receivers need to be dialed in when their number is called. Um, you know, a lot of focus um, on the route, on seeing the ball through, and then after the catch, they've got to hold on to it um, because, uh, you know, prone to fumbles, uh, this, this weather's going to bring that. So uh, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a fun one. Well, Mitch, not that I would ever condone this, uh, th this, this action, but maybe you drop the gloves and go old school Oakland Raiders style and pull out the stick yeah. em via Lester Hayes. Hey, you, you, you may just have to, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm sure – and the thing is it, it may change from quarter to quarter. Players may be like, look, this isn't working. It's not right, and they're going to they're gonna call some audibles as the game goes on as, uh, as they deal with how to deal with, you know, conditions being so wet. There you go. Mitchell Juergens, stay dry as long as you can, but give us some good sideline updates as the game begins coming up in a little while. Will do. Thanks, Ben. On the other side, we'll take a scoreboard update, look and see the scores around uh, college football and also the BYU women's basketball team, 20th ranked in the land. They're in action right now as well at the Marriott Center. Get you an update on that score as well. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's get, take a look at the scoreboard in college football today. Six bowl games on tap today, one final in the Boca Raton Bowl. Western Kentucky outscores Appalachian State in a high-scoring matchup. Western Kentucky Hilltoppers get a 59-8 victory. One game underway right now in the Mexico Bowl. It's UTEP up 7-6 on Fresno State. The, B, the 20th-ranked BYU women's basketball team in action right now at the Marriott Center against Washington State. And the Cougars have a 33-22 lead with 2.39 left in the second quarter. Paisley Harding leads the Cougars with 13 points in that game. Coming up next, we'll get you some keys to the game. Then we'll turn it over to Greg and Riley. That's all when we come back on the BY on the Cougar pregame live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar pregame live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Ben Bagley. It's the final segment of Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's take a look at some keys of the game. But before we get to the keys of the game, just to give you a heads up, halftime, we'll be taking some of your thoughts on the first half of the game. You can tweet them at me, at Ben Bags. We'll read some of those tweets on the air. That's at Ben Bags through the first half. And BYU TV's David Nixon will join me at halftime. Two keys to the game for BYU to walk away with a bowl victory and 11th win on the season. Number one, in the wet conditions, hold on to the ball. You got to win that turnover battle, and that starts with not giving it up. The second condition is UAB likes to run clock and keep your, the opponent off the field. BYU defense needs to step up and provide some three and outs. 
and that way putting UAB behind on the scoreboard and forcing them to play a game they're not comfortable with. That'll wrap things up for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar Game Coaches Show with Greg Rebell and Kalani Sitake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show presented by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. Also brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by a local Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans. And for the first time ever, we say hello from soggy Shreveport, Louisiana, home of Independence Stadium and the 2021 Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl, pitting number 13 BYU and UAB. It's a first ever meeting between these two programs, a 16th bowl appearance in the last 17 seasons for BYU. The Cougars, the first team out of the New Year's Six mix this year as an at-large candidate. Their postseason consolation destination, if you will, Shreveport, and a game against an unranked team from Conference USA. But if the Cougs felt slighted at all, the only way to back that feeling up is by showing up, playing well, and beating the Blazers. I am your play-by-play presenter, Greg Rubel. With me in the booth is the slinging, scrambling southpaw, the former BYU signal caller, Riley Nelson. And, Riley, it's the annual question that uh, serves as subtext, if you will, for so many bowl games on the annual schedule. Which team is more motivated to win the game? Now, is it the unranked underdog, UAB, looking to knock off the 10-win Big 12-bound Cougars? Or is it BYU seeking an 11th win for a second consecutive season and a stamp of validation for the new long-term deal awarded head coach Kalani Sitake and his staff. Then I guess the other side of it is, if there's a third-sided argument here, if both teams come in equally fired up, we could be in for a great game. I think we'll be in a. Gr- I think we will be in for a great game from BYU, regardless. I think UAB they're dealing, as you mentioned in our Cougar pregame live, they're dealing with some issues. A quarterback who's sick. Some guys entered the transfer portal, but earlier in Cougar tracks, we heard Kalani talk about the respect he has for this UAB program and their coaching staff and, and then watching them in film, they have some good players. So um, I think that uh, hopefully UAB comes to, p- comes to play and we'll have a good football game. I think the rain and the, and the wetness, even though it's supposed to let up some point early in the game, I think it will be a little bit of an equalizer. But, man, this uh, BYU football team, this 2021 season has been such a joy to watch. I'm excited, e- even though it might not be in the location or against an opponent that some others were hoping for, I'm excited to get them play one last time a- a- against a quality opponent here in Shreveport today. How do you describe our weather right now? I was just, so the media hospitality, <laughs> normally we get a little bit of lunch right before this, right? And so I sign off with Ben, and I, and I go and seek some lunch. Normally it's here in the press box with us. They've moved it. To, it's a media hospitality room down in the uh, in the stadium. And the way that the stadium is, I got exposed to the the rain a little bit. It is raining consistently. I wouldn't say it's heavy rain, but it's been raining consistently now for two hours plus. As I look at the sky, it doesn't show any signs of stopping. We've seen a couple lightning flashes. That's the biggest thing is the lightning can more than the rain. I mean, obviously the rain and everybody's got to deal with it, but you get a lightning flash and it sends everybody to the locker room and people cool out. There's no telling how coming back and regaining whatever rhythm or momentum they had, but Sorry, Greg, you asked for a weather report. It is soggy, consistent rain, but not 
but not overwhelming rain. And, uh, I mean, just so many thoughts going through my mind of how it might affect the gameplay here today. Now, there was some uh, social media conversation about kickoff being moved to 3 o'clock Central, 2 o'clock Mountain. We're now being told, at least my last uh, uh, text to me from those in the know says, kick is scheduled now for 241 Central. 141 Mountain. So there was a pay, uh, there was a 30-minute lightning delay or lightning hold that is wrapping up. So that won't necessarily affect the kick time to the top of the hour, but should be still around a 20 minutes to the hour kick. That's what I know right now. We'll see if that changes at all. So we could be more or less close to the scheduled time of 236, 136 Mountain may go to 241, 141 Mountain time. That's what we know as of right now. Okay, UAB, BYU. UAB doesn't have the postseason pedigree of this BYU program. Certainly, Blazers uh, playing in their fifth bowl all-time. Cougars playing in their 39th postseason contest. UAB has one bowl win. BYU has 16 bowl wins. But this is a proud UAB program. The Blazers were shut down, shut down as a program by their school administration in 2014. The head coach, Bill Clark, stuck around to bring the program. He was the coach in 2014. They shut him down, and he stuck around to bring the program back. And since returning to the gridiron in 2017, get this, UAB's won more games than any other team in Conference USA, from being eliminated to bringing it back and succeeding like they have. So that's what you're dealing with here. You talk about motivation, who's got mental fortitude. This is a really proud UAB program. Coming up next, we'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake on the evolving and emerging quarterback situation for BYU today as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. We're back after this, live from Soggy Shreveport. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Once again, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. It's a gray, wet day in northwest Louisiana for BYU football's 2021 season finale in the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl coming up with a kick in roughly 37 minutes from right now. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU-FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Back on the field for warm-ups. They had cleared during a lightning delay. That delay window has passed, and the players getting their final warm-ups in before kickoff here today. 10-2 BYU taking on 8-4 UAB. Very good offensive team in BYU. Squaring off with a very good defensive team in UAB. Two excellent running backs in Tyler Algier and Dwayne McBride. McBride, a bit of a question mark coming into today as he ended his regular season finale in a walking boot. We'll see how he warms up here today. He's an excellent back, as we all know. Tyler Algier is. Those two are kind of the marquee offensive players in this one. Two head coaches, by the way, in their sixth seasons with their respective programs, each with 48 career wins. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake coaching in his fifth bowl game in six seasons as BYU head coach. He's won three bowl games in four tries, including last season's runaway route in the Boca Raton Bowl. UAB's lone bowl victory all-time came in the Boca Raton Bowl back in 2018. The Blazers lost their 2019 bowl game and had their bowl game last year canceled due to COVID, the Gasparilla Bowl. BYU's 2020 bowl win in Boca Raton gave the Cougars 11 victories. And here in 2021, BYU is one win away from the 11-win plateau again. Last time BYU went back-to-back with 11 Ws was in 2006 
and 2007. We talk about the 11 win significance and more in our conversation with Kalani Sitake today. But the story, the big story for the pregame today is the quarterback situation. The starting quarterback at USC, Jaron Hall, will not be the starting quarterback today because Jaron was injured in the USC game and will not be available to start today's game. Kalani talks about that in our pregame interview that we had a short time ago in the BYU locker room. Yeah, he got banged up in the game, and we allowed some time for him to heal, and, and he had some practices. Uh, but, but you know, going into this game, we feel like Baylor gives us the best chance right now. Jaron agrees with it. So um, going into this game, we'll, we'll start Baylor Romney at, at quarterback, and, and um, Jaron will still be available. Uh, so will Jacob Conover and Sojay Mayava. Okay. Clearly, there's a great comfort level with Baylor Romney. He's taken a ton of snaps in this program, won some big games for you. Definitely, and I, I think we have uh, – an opportunity to play a healthy Baylor compared to a not 100% Jaron, which is the best decision for us. Uh, he's done really well in, in the bowl prep and all the practices, so I feel really comfortable with him. Plus, he's, he's not new to this. He's been in starting position before and, and uh, has played a lot of games for us and won a lot of games for us as well. How's his bowl prep gone and that and for the team as well? Yeah, amazing. And, and he's got great uh, leadership qualities. I think uh, the support that Jaron's given him and the, the support that the entire team has given him, is it, you can see that he believes in himself, but it's good to see them clicking in the bowl prep. And, and uh, going into these, these practices, we knew he was something special, and uh, he's really upped his game. So we're looking forward to him being able to throw the ball and control the offense, and, and uh, you know we'll, we'll get some weapons back for him to throw to like his brother Gunner. Yes, uh, Gunner missed the USC game, but he's back for the bowl game. Yes, and great to have him back. And, uh, you know, we're missing uh, Isaac Rex, obviously, at tight end with the injury. But I think there's a good chance for Dallin Holker and Mason Wake to step up. And, uh, you know, you'll see you'll see Gunner in there in the mix with the Nakua brothers and, and uh, Keanu Hill. And, and so we'll see who else uh, gets, gets some, uh, some uh, you know, some receptions today. And then uh, also good news in that uh, the time off uh, allowed Harris LaChance to get ready to go, and he'll be back at his starting right tackle spot. Yes, Harris will start for us, and then you'll, you'll see uh, possibly see still a mixture of um, Campbell Barrington in with, um, rotating with the O-line as, uh, and as well as Braden Kime. Excellent. Uh, defensively, uh, I think the USC game uh, took out Jacob Robinson. He'll not play for you in the postseason. Yeah, unfortunately, Jacob Robinson will not play for us. He's playing great football. Um, uh, you know, it's not going to work out. Uh, but it was a great opportunity for some of the other guys to step up. We have a bunch of guys who can play uh, the, the hybrid position for us and also our, our strong safety. So Ammon Hanneman, Matt Criddle, um, George Udo, Jacob Boren, and, um, you know, Javel Brown, those guys will have an opportunity to play. Uh, right now, it doesn't look like Chaz is going to go as well. Okay, but you've got your crew, and you take on a, an eight-win UAB team that has uh, just an excellent defense. Coach Bill Clark uh, is really known as a guy that puts top ten, top fifteen defenses on the field every year. Yeah, something's got to give, and, and I think if we just stick to our game plan, I mean, they're going to try to stop the run, and, and I think they're going to try to possess the ball. It's nothing new that we haven't seen already, so we, I think this is an opportunity for us to get, get an opportunity to finish the game, finish the season the right way and play our best game, and uh, looking forward to our guys playing. I, I'm not worried about the, the weather. We'll, we'll find a way to, to, to make plays and, and find a way to compete. I, I'm really excited to see our guys on the field. What impresses you most about this UAB team? Well, I think they're really well coached, and, and uh, Bill Clark doesn't get enough attention, doesn't get enough uh, uh, credit. I've tried to give it to him as much as possible because I believe in him as a coach. Uh, so you know it was gonna. It's it took a, a lot for us to prepare for this game. It's gonna take a lot for us to win this game. Uh, but I'm looking forward to our guys. Our guys have done well with challenges. Uh, you know they stopped the run. We want to run. So we'll see what happens there. And 
Uh, defensively, we need to find a way to get off the field, create some havoc, and get some turnovers and make some big plays. If uh, 22 Dwayne McBride is good enough to play, that's quite the matchup with Tyler Algier. Yeah, excellent back and makes a lot of plays. And uh, they, they have a lot of weapons on their offense as well. And physical line that, that blocks well for him. I think the back gets a lot of attention, but everybody knows on our side that when Tyler Algier makes plays, it's usually because the O-line's handling the front mm-hmm. really well. Tyler Algier comes in, too, today with an outside chance of touching that Luke Staley single-season record. You don't play the game for the records, but weather being what it is, Tyler being who he is, is there a good chance that he gets just fed the rock today and, and, and make UAB uh, you know, prove themselves against Tyler? Well, I believe in what A-Rod's going to do offensively, and I don't know um, if we can spill the game plan right now, but <laughs> uh, you know, I think there's a chance that we can score a lot of points. I really don't care. Uh, who gets the yards, to be honest with you. But but uh, usually when uh, Tyler is running the rock for a lot of yards, it's, that, that holds well for us. So uh, that might be in the mix, but but I know Tyler's willing to do whatever it takes. He, he'll block, uh, he'll, he'll run routes, he'll do whatever it takes to, to get points on the board. And, and he's an unselfish person, and I love him being a part of our leadership on our team. How much is today's weather factoring into how you plan to play the game? Oh, we just play the game. I mean, we, we, we played with wet balls for two weeks now we, we did that on purpose we, we've been out in the elements and the practices here uh when it's rainy we've been out in the middle of the rain so uh this is game this is an old school football game it's just on turf but it's going to be wet we're excited uh the, there's nothing to save it for right now uh, you know there's plenty of time to empty the tank play the game and recover and go christmas shopping <laughs> it's a bowl win on the line and an 11 win season is that significant yeah, I think let's just go, let's just finish it strong. That that's the key. Play with a lot of excitement, positivity. We can overcome any adversity that comes our way with effort and energy, and we plan on doing that today. Well, Kalani, thank you for a season of uh, pregame interviews. Best of luck in this bowl game. We'll talk to you post game. Let's do it one more time. Go Cougs! Thank you. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, and this has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar kickoff show is coming up next, live from Independence Stadium in Shreveport, Louisiana, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth alongside Riley Nelson. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon once again, Cougar Nation. We welcome you back inside Independence Stadium in Shreveport, Louisiana for the 2021 Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl and a first-ever meeting between BYU and UAB. The rain continues to fall, and uh, the latest forecast show for a tapering closer to halftime. The original forecast showed something closer to kickoff time, but now it looks more like a halftime as this band of weather and rain and thunderstorms has slowed in its progress over northwest Louisiana. So we could be in rain for a little bit still. The Cougars favored to pick up their 11th win of the season today and a sixth straight win to end the season. The Cougars' current five-game win streak is tied for sixth-longest run nationally at the time. Well, this is the Cougar Kickoff Show, brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson coming to you from the Built Bar broadcast booth. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens reporting for us from field level and in the Zions Bank end zone. Mitch, with the poncho on, will be heading down and give us reports from the field shortly. 
for banking that helps you game plan for life? Zions Bank is for you, by the way. Our studio host is Ben Bagley, our booth engineer, Michael Wimmer, our spotter, Jake Murphy, in-studio engineers, Barry Squires and Sean Fay, coordinating producer, Terry South, control board operators are Corbin Radford and Sean O'Neill, our broadcast interns are Trevor Rich here at the stadium, and Bryce Noakes back at the studio. Our stats intern today is Rex Moss, and we have additional stat help from the great Ralph Sokolowski. And it's great to have you joining us on the new skin, BYU Sports Network, our satellite flagship BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 and 89.1 FM HD2. Our Salt Lake City over-the-air flagship, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We are live around the globe on the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Game Day app, the KSL apps, as well as on BYURadio.org, BYUCougars.com, and our over-the-air network affiliates in the Intermountain West. We invite you as well to subscribe to the BYU Football Podcast for broadcast archives and play-by-play highlights. Well, BYU heading into its 13th game of this season. Win or lose today, this team deserves recognition as one of the best BYU teams the program has ever fielded. It is only the 16th team all-time with 10 wins before the postseason. It's the only BYU team to defeat six Power 5 opponents in a single season. The Cougars went undefeated against the Pac-12. Wins over Arizona, Utah, Arizona State, Washington State, and USC. BYU defeated two regular season conference champions in Utah and Utah State. The Cougars were ranked in every college football playoff ranking of 2021. They finished at 13th, and BYU did all of this while enduring injury, after injury, uh, many of the season-ending variety. Riley Nelson, this was as challenging a schedule as BYU's ever faced, and BYU arguably returned less production from 2020 to 21 than any other team. This season has been a remarkable triumph with credit filtering down from administrators to coaches, players, support staff, and then to Cougar Nation for turning out wherever the Cougars have played all across the country. Greg, uh, you you say it, especially the last bit where you say there that uh, perhaps missing the most reduction. One of the things is the most last year or coming into the season, they put more people into the NFL than they have in 30 years. And the fact that they have, as you said, put together a resume that puts them in consideration as one of the top BYU football teams of all time is something that's truly remarkable. It speaks to the job that the coaching staff does in preparing these kids week in, week out, and also what they do in the off season in recruiting and building the depth. It speaks to the commitment of these players to, to continue to develop themselves, work on their skill, work on their bodies, stay healthy, stay ready when they're called upon, and it speaks to their mostly not only their ability to perform week in, week out, but to respond to adversity. You mention all all those season-ending injuries and uh, and everybody who's been banged up. Jaron Hall, who's not playing to get, again, banged up. He was banged up in the middle of the season. They've missed quarterbacks. They've missed starting linebackers, offensive and defensive lines, gone through all sorts of things. So it cannot be understated the journey, uh, uh, the, the incredible feat that has been this season given all the obstacles in their journey, and hopefully it culminates with an impressive bowl performance here today. So we hope, and Riley, we really can't summarize this season to this point without acknowledging as well the program's ascension to the P5. BYU's Big 12 invite will reverberate for years and decades, but the influence is already being felt. You can look at the new contract for Kalani. Uh, You can look at the recruiting class announced this week. BYU will be an independent for one more season. 
but uh, this BYU football team is already in many ways uh, playing the part of a P5. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I should have done this coming into the game, but, you know, six wins against, or sorry, five wins against P5 opponents, that's, most P5 teams don't get that, you know. If you go 500 in your conference record, you're maybe uh, around there, so they're in the, already in the upper echelon. Their ranking speaks to that. Their performance on the, on the, play, on the field speaks to that. And, um, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. The, going into the Big 12 will take some adjustments, but this team is far more primed, in my opinion, than any of the other teams that have made the jump from G5 to P5 in recent memory. Well, the BYU Store Cougar kickoff show continues after we remind you to stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for the lowest price on every tire, plus no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We'll have more of the Cougar kickoff show live from Shreveport right after this break on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Built Bar broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, it is the first weekend of bowl season, and it continues in Shreveport, Louisiana, with the 2021 Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl pitting BYU and UAB. It's the 11th oldest bowl game in existence, and the Cougars trying to win it for their 11th victory of the 2021 campaign. Well, today's game features BYU's top 30 scoring offense against UAB's top 30 total defense, and UAB is a program that has made its name on the defensive side of the ball, ranking top 10 in total D in each of the last three seasons. The Blazers excel at stopping the run. They are eighth nationally in yards per rush allowed, but if there's a team and a guy ready to challenge UAB's run defense, it is one of the best running backs in the country in Tyler Algier. And Riley, we hope the last three weeks off were good for Tyler because he was kind of running on fumes at the end of the USC game. He is the consummate workhorse, though, and BYU has been riding him with four carries today, just four, he will set BYU's single-season record for rush attempts. And in a day and age where players are, the running back has become such a, bottom line is carries are diminishing. They're trying, they're getting the running back balls in different ways, screens, they're throwing, more, you know, we know the this lateral screen game has been part of the run game and all those things. So for BYU to kind of go back old school, right, and and trust this guy. It speaks to the caliber of player that Tyler Algier is, that BYU and Coach Roderick and BYU as a program who's been known for its passing offense would, I wouldn't say deviate, but I'd say would place an emphasis on the on getting this guy the ball, getting him single-season record number of rush attempts. Uh, and, and, by the way, he hasn't let him down. He's averaging six-plus yards, and he's scoring touchdowns left and right and, and has carried this team to, to ten wins as a primary contributor on the offensive side. So I'm excited to get it get to watch him here uh, play today, and I think the weather's conducive to where we'll see heavy doses. All right, we've seen heavy doses of rain for the last few hours, and it may be slackening just a little bit. I hope that's not my imagination, but it feels like it's lightening a little bit as we approach kickoff time, which is set for 2.41 Central, 1.41 Mountain Time. Time now for today's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature. At Hyatt Place Provo, your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And BYU has been very comfortable starting games this year, this season. BYU's outscored the opponents by an average score of 10-3 in the first quarter alone. BYU's led after the first quarter eight times in 12 games this season. Under Kalani Sitake, BYU's 25-6 when leading after the first quarter. 
BYU has scored first as well in eight of 12 games this season, going 7-1 and one in those eight games. And the Cougars have still yet to turn the ball over a single time in the first quarter this season while recording nine first-quarter takeaways. Riley, absolutely no concerns about how BYU comes out of the locker room. No, and that's especially important in a bowl game scenario because you uh, you're shaking off rust, right? You got guy, you kind of got a new lineup with guys coming back in, and you and you lost some guys in the USC game. You're playing in a strange neutral site environment, and then the unexpected element of that is weather. The one of the things, especially when you come in as the favorite, is starting off fast because if you come out and if you start slow or you turn the ball over or you find yourself down early in the game it gives the underdog more confidence and uh, in a bowl type scenario anything can happen so BYU who has been as you just enumerated uh, has is so well known for their fast starts if they can come out with them today it will significantly increase this the their chances of this game going how Cougar Nation hopes it will go all right so Riley and I are back with more of the BYU store Cougar kickoff show live from Independence Stadium in Shreveport Louisiana on the new skin BYU Sports Network rush touchdowns with 12 and the record watch is on for Algier. We mentioned earlier that he's only four carries from the single season rush attempts record. He's a four touchdown day. Not asking a lot. That's a big ask, right? He's four touchdowns away from tying the single season record for rushing scores. The big one is Luke Staley's single season rushing mark. Tyler would need 174 rushing yards for that one, but Riley it's not exactly out of reach. Yes, it would be an outlier. UAB doesn't allow those kinds of numbers, but Tyler Algier has rushed this season three times for those kinds of numbers. He's going to need to break a big one, and I'd say probably break a big one earlier. And by, by big, I'd say he probably needs a 50-plus yarder, which, you know, he's had a number of those throughout this season. But uh, that's what I love, though, Greg, because UAB doesn't give that up, but yet yet Tyler Algier has done that to other strong rush defenses. So that's why that's – why Every opportunity you get to play, there's something there for fans. And I think one of the biggest things today is Tyler Algier versus UAB defense. And then on the other side of the ball, as you've mentioned, how does McBride respond? So uh, it, it may not look like, you know, those those games of old when BYU was throwing it 50 times and playing against Hawaii and scores were 70 to 40-something, uh, but it will be great football nonetheless. Coming up, down to field level to hear from Mitchell Jurgens after we tell you that mouth-watering Hawaiian-style food is just minutes away from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. For fresh off the grilled chicken, teriyaki steak, and sizzling shrimp, Coconut Island Grill has the island flavors your mouth has been waiting for. Text the word COCONUT to 61090 for a free drink with your next meal. That's COCONUT with two Ks, K-O-K-O-N-U-T, to 61090. The BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues after this, live from Rainy Shreveport on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Kicking it off just after the bottom of the hour. We're looking. We're just there now. We're at uh, 131 Mountain, 231 Central. Our kickoff time is scheduled for 10 minutes from right now. The rain continues to fall, but an earlier lightning delay, which happened during pregames, that window opened and closed, and we are set for a kickoff at 41 past the hour. It is the 2021 Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl, one of six bowl games on tap today. Bowl season kicked off last night with two games. Uh, the college football postseason now well underway 
and it's a big BYU sports day for us on the radio right after our postgame coverage concludes. We'll send you to Ogden for BYU and Weber State on the hardwoods in a 6 p.m. Mountain Time tip. Jason Shepard and Mark Durant on the call for you there. Let's head down now to field level and bring in former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting for us from the Zions Bank end zone. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. And, Mitch, even though BYU is the ranked team, and the team that was maybe a play or two away from the New Year's Six, UAB is a certainly capable eight-win team. There are stats all over the sheet that say UAB can win this game. Now, you know the underdog, underdog mentality will motivate Bill Clark's team, and they're already the ultimate underdogs because their program came back from the dead just two, uh, four years ago. Some BYU fans may not be thrilled maybe about this game or the matchup, but the players, Mitch, simply cannot afford to look down at this bowl or this opponent or things could go the other way in a hurry. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. You know, anytime you come into a bowl game as well where both teams have adequate time to recover and prepare, um, there shouldn't be any level of complacency or thought that you can give a, a modified effort today to still come away with a victory because, honestly, anything can happen, um, especially against a UAB team who has had a great season so far. Um, the other thing, and we've talked a lot about uh, about this is the weather conditions. Um, with that, I mean, and you heard Riley talk about it, it's a potential great equalizer in football. This is going to make this game much more close as both teams become somewhat one-dimensional and a little bit easy to prepare for on both sides of the ball. So it'll be a good matchup. Um, we'll see what happens, but it's, uh, it's just exciting to see another football game for the Cougs. All right, let's update your personal situation down there relative to how you're equipped, what you're wearing, and what the weather looks like from field level right now. Well, the, the, the brightest spot that I have is this uh, this poncho, so the, the gear is intact. The gear is going to be dry. Um, I, I'm definitely looking like a rookie sideline reporter, though, because I'm, I'm wearing tennis shoes that are far from water-resistant, <laughs> and everybody here on the sideline is wearing boots that look like they can withstand a tornado. So, um, you know, I'm uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I'm hoping the weather holds off, the rain holds off, so I can uh, stay somewhat dry. All right, so if, if you've started on the show, uh, if you're uh, from the show The Deadliest Catch, you, you'd be well at home <laughs> on the sidelines today. Otherwise, uh, you're just kind of hoping for the best. Uh, thank you, Mitch. Appreciate that. And, yeah, it's uh, – it, it's, to say it's socked in would be accurate, to Riley. It's it's the, the earlier hope was that the the band would kind of move through, but it's I, I think to say maybe stalled over Shreveport right now, and the rain's still heavy, and uh, may be with us for a while as this game gets underway. That is Mitchell Jurgens, by the way. Thank you, Mitch, and stay well as dry as you possibly can. And we know that possibility is pretty low uh, today, as it turns out. Coming up next, Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss, and the opening kick. This has been the BYU Store Cougar kickoff show live from Shreveport. Port, Louisiana, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.